0: Welcome to the family here on Purple Mafia. I'm your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajian. Purple Mafia is available on thesportstuff.com, iTunes, Stitcher, and Double Twist. It's a nice pleasure to be back once again as we are continuing our playoff coverage. As Once again, for the 10th straight year, we will be covering the postseason, of course, Wild Card Weekend, and now we know who the Vikings will play because, of course, Minnesota got the first round by in the... NFC. So, NFC division round, here we come. Well, yeah, a lot of us, well, we knew that if the Los Angeles Rams were able to beat the Falcons, the Atlanta Falcons, that is, we'd be playing the Rams, and we wouldn't have to sweat it out and wonder who we're going to play going into the next day, which is Sunday, of course, today, at this moment that I'm recording. The Rams did not win the game. The Atlanta Falcons showed up to play. They look kind of like Green Bay versus Dallas last year. The Rams kind of looked shell-shocked like Dallas last year when the Packers just kind of they just kind of out the team, and of course, the Falcons have been to the Super Bowl very recently. They lost, of course, after giving up the largest comeback of all time, but, well, the Falcons have been on a little teeny tear of late, and they will be heading to Philadelphia in the division round, of course. The first segment will be wild card conversation, second segment, previewing the divisional round, which will, of course, be the Minnesota Vikings and the most hated team of all, the New Orleans Saints.
1: Just get there! Go back where
0: the hell you came from. Yes, uh, that just concluded. I was kind of uh, vulgar just a little bit. I think Sebastian would be able to tell you that. Kurt Back will be able to tell you that. And others, um, just a little vulgar the way things were kind of going. And Carolina kind of teased us a little bit, made a nice comeback, made it very interesting, and and it didn't end the right way. But we're going to talk about the other games first. I'm gonna I'm gonna try not to let this drag too long, of course, because we're mostly here to talk about the Vikings and the Orleans Saints. Ultimately, how things go from there. And next week, of course, we'll be reviewing that and previewing the conference finals, regardless how things go. I gotta hope the Vikings can win that game, and we'll talk about that in segment number two. I keep jumping ahead. The game least likely to lead to a Super Bowl appearance from anybody is, of course, Tennessee and Kansas City. I predicted the Kansas City Chiefs would not win the game, and they have lost six consecutive playoff games at home, which is retarded. Okay, pardon my language there, but it really is no good. Um, Funny how that kind of tied together, but uh, that's just absolutely ridiculous. Um, 22 to 21, the Tennessee Titans come back from 21 to 3, 18-point deficit at halftime. They were getting devastated. They were pretty much screwed and well, 21 to three, and it didn't matter. Kansas City, you know, they've done this before. Took a huge lead against the Indianapolis Colts, but of course, on the other side, you did have Andrew Luck, so there was always that chance that the uh, Kansas City Chiefs would find a way to blow it. And then this time around, okay, Marcus Mariota is extremely talented. They even have Demarco Murray and all that, but uh, you know, Tennessee's not that good. But well, things changed pretty dramatically, pretty quickly. Of course, starting with the most crazy. Uh, touchdown reception of all time was Marcus Mariota to Marcus Mariota, which was kind of like Brad johnson asked years ago back in 97, I believe. Yep, 97, when Brad Johnson's only real full season as starting quarterback for the Vikes. 96, of course, he took over from Warren Moon after he injured his ankle and such, and then was so great, so wonderful that we left him in there, which I didn't really have any disagreement with. He just wasn't all that spectacular. 97, he was much better with Brad Johnson, played the whole year. The last game was kind of scary because you had that whole neck issue going on. And he wasn't able to grip the ball and look at me jumping into something else. But that was kind of how things went there. <laughs> Why am I getting into that? Very strange. I apologize. Kansas City did not win the game, of course. 22-21, Tennessee, the roaring comeback, of course. Kareem Hunt, Alex Smith looking great. Kansas City looking awesome. Ryan Suckup, the former Chief, which is pretty funny. You always used to hear that name mentioned on the the Chiefs end zone show or whatever it was called by their goofy host who hates my guts now for some reason um (laughs) so I have no problem making fun of the Chiefs not winning playoff games back then I was a little more reserved about it but when the guy turned out to be kind of a a dork about it about everything not about that but everything else yeah things kind of changed so um look at me airing out dirty laundry again not that anyone cares anyway so (laughs) we'll keep moving Ryan suck up Got the job done, at least got some points on the board for the Kansas City Chiefs right now, for the Tennessee Titans. And then the Chiefs scored another touchdown just minutes later, Alex Smith to Demarcus Robinson, 21-3, to 3. you figure it's going to be something of the likes of 38-10, to 10, something like that. Kansas City's going to roll. But they're the Chiefs, and Andy Reid has failed a lot in the postseason as well. Now, he's had he's had a lot of success back in his Eagles days when they'd get to the conference finals and such, and they get far, this and that. But really, at the end of the day, he would never win the big one, so to speak. He wouldn't win the Sewer Bowl, and very often he lost the NFC Championship game. And I don't think they're going to see any AFC title game in Kansas City anytime soon. Brad Childress, believe it or not, is the assistant head coach of the Chiefs. And just last year, he was the offensive coordinator because it was a uh, kick-ass offense. But... He has a lot more energy than he used to. It's kind of cool. Uh, he seems more energetic, more fun. And I can understand he's also put on a lot of weight. But when you hang around a guy named Andy Reid, you might put on some weight. Just being around, it might happen. But Marcus Mariota threw the ball. It was batted up by the defender. And Marcus Mariota made the reception and literally dove to the pylon to get to get the uh, Tennessee Titans back in the football game, 21-10. to 10. And then, of course... Things continued to go the way they did. Alex Smith would get into three notes and punts and all that. And then next thing you know, Tennessee would get in the end zone again. And then Marcus Mariota hit Decker with six minutes remaining in the fourth quarter. Eric Decker, of course, from Minnesota and the Gophers and the New York Jets and the Denver Broncos, all that. Pretty cool. There's Eric Decker resurfacing, and he was a big, big piece in this game. Big part of the success for the Tennessee Titans. They will move on to play the... Doing the Patriots, and good luck to them. But, uh, well, I'm not superly surprised that the Chiefs uh, lost once again. They keep making the playoffs, and they keep losing. They're kind of like the Cincinnati Bengals now, unfortunately. Um, Their drought isn't as long as the Bengals, but it's piling up. It's getting pretty uh, busy. It's getting very busy. Uh, This is Tennessee's first playoff game since 08, and their first advancement since 2003. They actually beat Baltimore a couple years later, as there was a famous moment in 2000, which I think... Could be related to the Vikings and Saints coming up in the NFC. Uh, Before this uh, major playoff game in the divisional round between the Tennessee Titans and Baltimore Ravens, coach Brian Billick said the winner of this game will go on to win the Super Bowl. Tennessee, of course, had been in the Super Bowl the year before. Baltimore had a historically good defense. Blah, blah, blah. We know about that stuff. Great running game, all that. Jamal Lewis. Uh, you even had another Lewis at receiver, and you had, I I forget his first name, it's been a long time, he kind of vanished after that, and of course a guy by the name of Trent Dilfer at quarterback, who they quickly unloaded, but it does show, it doesn't matter who your quarterback is, as long as he's competent and smart, and Dilfer had to get smarter after all the mistakes he made in Tampa Bay if he was ever going to have another snap in the league, um, but a historic defense like that, it really helped. Baltimore ended up scoring a touchdown late in the game that put them ahead to a point of it probably had them winning the game and Brian Billick literally turned around to the fans that had probably been heckling him I'm guessing this you just put the pieces together here. he turned around to the fans, put a thumbs up and and dropped a FU bomb and you could read it so easily it was hilarious and I know people talked about it back then. I think some of you still remember that that are listening uh, 2000 is a long time ago, but it isn't that long ago. It isn't 1972 or anything. So, (laughs) but Bill looked at the stands literally and said, F you. And it was plain as day. And it was hilarious. And even my dad started laughing and said, and worded it out. It's like, yeah, he said it. (laughs) That was pretty funny. Um, wow. That was hilarious. But, uh, on on we go. I think the Vikings and Saints will be related in that direction. And I keep jumping ahead. Let's move on. I would have liked to have had it in front of me and it just went away because this thing is just stupid. So we're going to have to reset things. Well, the other game was, of course, the Rams and the Atlanta Falcons. The Falcons kind of pretty much from the get-go, you could just sense they were the better team coming into that game. You could just feel it. And the Rams looked nervous. A lot of people coming in to the game, feared that the Rams are really ready to roll, they'd get past Atlanta because Atlanta barely even belongs in the playoffs this year, uh, even the talk was Julio Jones wasn't going to be available and well, there he was, there was number 11 making important catches in the game uh, you have one of the best running backs in football with Todd Gurley, a good offensive line that features John Sullivan of all people at center and he's doing a good job, he's finally healthy again Good for him. Uh, Jared Goff, up-and-comer, who's still maybe, maybe not ready for the moment. The young coach who's tricky and dangerous, and you never know what could happen with the. Uh, you just never know what could happen with him. And of course, him being Sean McVay. So you got Sean McVay, Jared Goff, uh, Todd Gurley. That's a pretty dangerous group. And, of course, Wade Phillips, who helped the Denver Broncos win the Super Bowl just a couple of years ago with a very good defense, featured by Aaron Donald, of course, a spectacular defensive lineman for the Los Angeles Rams but uh, you know they were good in the game they kept the Rams in the game the whole time but the Atlanta offense was just a little bit better a little bit smarter and the Atlanta defense was very respectable in the game Um, also the fact that again well I mean Atlanta was running the ball at at a decent clip Todd Gurley was great in the game no doubt about it he had a long of 33 never completely broke loose but the Rams were playing behind for the most (laughs) most of the time. Just imagine if the game was tied or the Rams were ahead. It would have been Todd Gurley for 200 the way he was going in the game, but unfortunately for the Rams, they were playing from behind, and that took a very deadly weapon out of the uh, arsenal for the LA Rams, and it was it was very costly. Uh, neither quarterback had a turnover. The pass rush was decent, three sacks on each quarterback, but Matt Ryan was clearly more focused, more ready, more prepared. Obviously, he'd been to an NFC championship game, which they lost by a, of a ball that probably should have been past interference, even though I was cheering for the uh, the uh, 49ers in that game way back in 2012. can't believe it's been that long. Uh, and then, of course, just last year, he went to the Super Bowl, crushed the Green Bay Packers in the NFC title game, which a lot of us appreciate. But then after that, I cheered for the Patriots. Atlanta looked like they had that Super Bowl already pretty much. They already had their names engraved on that trophy. And then, of course, we saw what happened. It was kind of like Kansas City and uh, it was kind of kind of, sort of like Kansas City and Tennessee, but even worse <laughs> for the Atlanta Falcons. Um, but they looked like the team that was just better prepared, more ready for the spotlight and all that. Uh, an ancient building that's seen so many things happen. I mean, they saw Super Bowl number one in that building, which is kind of cool, actually. The first Super Bowl ever was played in the Los Angeles Coliseum. Some Olympics were played there, some amazing events Very historic building, but of course, a bit slipping and sliding. Luckily, there weren't some super major injuries, but there's always going to be some injuries in a game like that. Uh, They were able to get 74,000 people in that building. Man, very historic place, of course. And the old Rams played there. The old LA Rams, which is the same franchise. Uh, It's crazy to think, though, this is the first playoff game the Rams have hosted since before I was born. January 1979. There weren't only dinosaurs. It was actually pre-dinosaurs. I, I think it was just like amoebas and stuff like that, just like little cells and bacteria. Okay, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, it was when the spirit of God was hovering over the waters in Genesis. This is about a, that's about that long ago in the NFL circles in terms of the last time you hosted a playoff game, 1979. Wow. And, of course, they became the St. Louis Rams, and they hosted some games, and they went on and won the Super Bowl in 99, got back in 2001. They were even better that year, but they lost to the Patriots, and it's debatable as to how the Patriots won that game. But you know what? Tom Brady and Belichick were damn good, and they've been damn good. So, you know, (laughs) they did a good job in that game regardless. I mean, you could do this, do that, but you still have to execute the play (laughs) <laughs> to be quite honest, and they got their fines, they got their hate, they got this, they got that, and they still have won the last two Super Bowls after all the bull crap uh, that was shoved down their throats, and they went to two more and got beat by Hail Mary plays at the last second, so stuff like that, um, <laughs> or a guy staying in bounds by like a millimeter or catching a ball off the off his freaking shoe tip, but then of course, uh, last year... <laughs> Last year, the the, the Patriots got a little payback in that category with a spectacular catch. So, uh, yeah, we'll move on from that. Of course, that guy was unavailable the whole year, Edelman. So, nice uh, job by the Patriots, able to survive that. And now they're as good as they are once again. Bouncing all over the place again. But uh, the Rams just did not look ready for the big time. And, well, luckily for them, hopefully in their case, their window's not going to close too quickly. And it shouldn't. It shouldn't they better be ready to go and they probably will be in the next year or two which is continued reason as to why the vikings need to giddy up and get her done now now because atlanta ended up just barely making the playoffs luckily for them they did show up and they did advance so very impressive for them to get a win on the road uh like this despite being the team that lost the super bowl because windows close quickly and atlanta's is going to close very soon i think in the next two to three years they're going to be out of the playoffs and maybe even before that the only reason they 're still the only reason they 'd still be in it is because well you have Matt Ryan and of course uh, julio jones that 's going to make a huge difference it 'll keep the window open for a few more years here until things bottom out so it just kind of is what it is. Welcome to the NFL as long as you 're not stuck in Jacksonville or Buffalo land because that 's the next game we 're going to talk about. Atlanta ultimately finishes the game twenty six to thirteen they double up a Rams team that just again was not ready for the big time. Atlanta's defense was very sound. Jared Goff was shaky. The play calling was meh, you know, and the execution was even more meh, to be quite honest. Um, Atlanta was just sound, smart, and and solid throughout the night, 26-13, and the Falcons had to the belly of the beast called Philadelphia, So, and it's no longer a veteran stadium, of course. We'll talk about that some other time when we need to talk about Philadelphia. So maybe the Vikings will be going to Philadelphia. And that possibility exists because who knows what Atlanta's going to do there. It's one thing when you're playing against a young uh, Rams team and all that. It's another when you go out in the West Coast, and it's a little more scary. A little bit scarier atmosphere, I think, than in Los Angeles, even though the Rams have a ton of talent. We'll just have to wait and see how that turns out as we continue to bounce back and forth. And then we talk about what was one of the most boring playoff games in a, in a, in a while. 10-3, to 3, the Jacksonville Jaguars beat the Buffalo Bills. Ugh. Well, and I will make other, one other thing of note. Uh, it was the first Rams playoff game at all, even including St. Louis, since 2004. So it's been a long time. Um, it's been a long time, and they were only 8-8, eight and eight, and they beat Seattle, a Seattle team with Matt Hasselbeck in the first round. And then, of course, that Seattle team was much better the next year. They went all the way to the Super Bowl, and that window closed as fast as you could shake a stick at it. It was unbelievable. Uh, Seattle went downhill very quickly, and then they hired a guy by the name of Pete Carroll as Mike Holmgren left. We all laughed, and we all laughed at it and chuckled at it. Pete Carroll, give me a break. That guy was a joke in the NFL. Great in college, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, things changed very quickly in that case in positive direction for Seattle, much to our chagrin. It became a very unlikable team, but a very successful team regardless. Luckily, they're not in the playoffs, but the other annoying short quarterback who's mobile, who's much older, is still very much around, and he's going to be paying a visit in U.S. Bank Stadium for the first time. So, No, not the first time. The second time this year, I'm just being silly here, but for the first time in the postseason, he'll be going to U.S. Bank Stadium. Yeah, last time we played the Saints. Uh, Okay, I'm getting way ahead again. I'm just getting excited. I just want to talk about that. Why do I got to talk about Jacksonville Buffalo? It was boring. The defenses were good. Blake Bortles sucks, but he was able to run enough to help the Jaguars win the game, I guess. Uh, Stephen Hotchka, the former Seattle Seahawk, replaced by Blair Bleep and Walsh. Uh, You know, even if Stephen Hotchka had some bad moments for Seattle, oh, what were you thinking? Oh, Seahawks. Oh. Fireable offense. I mean, the guy missed the kick late in the game there. Cost Seattle a chance to get to the playoffs. And, you know, it wasn't completely uh, Blair Walsh's fault. But still, make the kick. You're in position to win the game or to tie the game or to whatever the hell it is. Keep the team ahead enough that you'll ice the game. Like, the team up by 10, which we still are bitter at Gary Anderson for that one. Just make the damn kick. Please make the damn kick. Especially when it's not, like, that far away. Stephen Hushka made a 31-yarder for Buffalo. and is the last kick he'll make this season. Josh Lambeau. Josh Lambeau. Hmm. Josh Lambeau. That's funny. It's not spelt the same, I don't think, but whatever. No, it's not spelt the same. Um. Yeah, well, who cares, even if it is. 44-yard kick by Josh Lambeau of Jacksonville at the end of the half to tie the game up 3-3. to Yeah, Uh, wow, this is like Florida Panthers versus Buffalo Sabres, and that would be kind of high scoring for those teams, but geez, (coughs) pardon me. Jacksonville ended up winning the game as Blake Bortles actually threw a touchdown pass in the game, and to his credit, well, he didn't have a turnover. Tyrod Taylor did, and unfortunately for Nathan Peterman, who had to come in, Tyrod Taylor was injured very late in the game in a fourth and long situation after Nathan Peterman scrampered for a first down. Good for him there. He threw an interception, unfortunately, did Nathan Peterman, and that iced the game. So Nathan Peterman entered the game, and he threw the last pass of the season for himself and for the Buffalo Bills. Unfortunately, Blake Bortles was just good enough. I mean, he ran for more yards than he threw for 88 yards. Uh, it was windy and all that, and I don't know. It's So it's windy in Florida in January. Big shocker. Um, You know, you still got to complete the passes. And yes, the East Coast is windier than the West Coast, especially this time of year, which could make things very tough going into Philadelphia for Atlanta or Minnesota, should it lead that direction. Uh, LaShawn McCoy made his miracle recovery during the course of the week after that ankle injury and was carted off the field. Of course, it's precautionary at the moment as you want to make sure that ankle isn't as hurt as bad as it could be. Um, LaShawn McCoy was very solid in the game with 75 yards and all that. Blake Bortles, again, 52% but uh, at the end of the day, Leonard Fournette and Blake Bortles running the ball <laughs> for quite a bit there at the end of the day. About 140 yards, 145 yards actually, just, be, just between those two. And that helped the Jacksonville Jaguars win the game. Their defense was awesome against a mediocre quarterback and a pretty good running back. But uh, Buffalo just not up to the task at the end of the day. Buffalo in their first postseason game since 99. I can't believe it's been that long. Man. To think they never made the playoffs with Drew Bledsoe. With all those good seasons, with those couple of good seasons anyway, Drew Bledsoe had for the Buffalo Bills. They never made it, did they? Crazy. Uh, Jacksonville's first playoff game since 07 when they lost to the Steelers, who, yeah, man, they lost to the Steelers. Who did not go all the way that year. I thought the Jaguars made it in 08, but no, it was 07. Steelers ended up winning the Super Bowl in 08 over Arizona, much to my chagrin. So, yeah, Steelers ultimately lost to Pittsburgh that year, if I remember correctly. And then, of course, Steelers ultimately lost to New England is what I'm trying to say. And then on they went. So that pretty much wraps that up. Now, it's like, a, do I merge things together? Nah, we'll just talk about the Saints game a little bit. And then we'll talk about them in the preview as we get head in that direction. New Orleans, 31. Carolina, 26. The Saints pretty much from the get go looked like the better team and all that. They were moving the ball. But then at the same time, Carolina was stopping them and forcing some three and outs, which, okay, that's good. And of course, you're going to get some of those. They were stopping New Orleans, kind of keeping them in check for a while there. For a while. But then when New Orleans moved, they moved. And it's just, I, uh, it was extremely frustrating as Drew Brees, Drew Brees was able to hit Ted Yin Jr. for 80 yards to pay dirt with a minute 46 remaining, that was unfortunate, uh, very unfortunate at the end of the day. Um, Ted Jen made the reception, it was about 40 yards downfield, and then just it was a great play, you know, it was a great kind of play up the, up the field, and the angles taken by the Carolina defenders were just not up to task, and Ted Jinn just raced to the end zone. Of course, he's a former member of the Carolina Panthers, and he beat his old form he beat his old team uh, Zach line also was able to get in the end zone putting the Saints up twenty one to six near the end of the half there. Carolina managed to get one from Graham Jean, Graham Gano, that's a weird name, but Graham Gano, who did miss one very early, which was frustrating he he, he it was sure it was on the left hash and that's tougher where you have to slice instead of curve but you still have to curve it a little bit because if you slice it too much it's going to go way off and that's what ended up happening for (laughs) Graham Gano on the left hash it's more difficult to make a field goal from that angle and that was Blair Walsh's excuse big shocker there as he literally kicked it the wrong way it was pretty funny he hooked it when you're supposed to slice it he flat out hooked it Uh, Gano just sliced it too far uh, it was funny. Right as they were saying, he he made he only missed one field goal all year, like 93%, and immediately he missed it from 25 yards. Then he gets a 27-yarder. Not long after that, Carolina hanging in there, but then New Orleans just kind of built a lead. 14-3, 21-6, th- all that as Gano would add field goals. Carolina would get down the field, get into the red zone, and they just could not get in the end zone time and time again. Gano ended up making four field goals, in a row, after missing that extremely embarrassing... Uh, yeah, I, after that embarrassing miss, Gano would make four field goals, and that's going to come back to hot Carolina, that they just could not get in the end zone until much later. Uh, Will Lutz, at the end of the... or midway through the third quarter, made a 57-yarder. Of course, Gano made a 58-yarder. Again, it drives you crazy, that he couldn't even make a 25-yarder, but he made a 58. So Gano and Lutz were spectacular in that sense. Lutz just had to make that kick, as you know, that maybe cost Carolina, because maybe Gano could have kicked a game-winning field goal, and of course, Gano missing the field goal, stuff like that, you know, playoff games are always going to drive you crazy, because of all the what could have been, and what this, what that, what if, what if, what if, Um, Cam Newton finally got things going in the fourth quarter, it was pretty awesome, as they finally were able to complete a drive in the red zone putting Greg Olson in the end zone there, keeping Carolina within five. It looked like the game was over once Carolina scored with Alvin Kamara, 31-19. The frustration definitely mounted, but then again, Cam Newton to Christian McCaffrey, who was able to scamper after about about an 18-yard catch. Again, a nice option out of the backfield. Spectacular play, to be quite honest, which had the the defense guessing. It had them going out rather than... (laughs) It it had the defense going back into the end zone, going straight rather than than inside where McCaffrey went inside. So that changed things dramatically. McCaffrey just had enough, and he just ran like his ass off, turning on the Jets for 56 yards to the end zone, and that made us all very excited because we all want Carolina. Only four minutes remained as the Saints answered very quickly, only about 59 seconds after Kamara was able to get that two-yard touchdown. And then Carolina would stop. The Saints again. They get it to third and two. They had a third down at one point. Carolina. Uh, the Saints got the first down. You think that's it? And then they get the Saints again into a third down situation. Then it's fourth and two, and then they're able to stop the. They're able to stop Drew Brees at the end of the day. Knock the ball away. It's a turnover on downs, but ultimately, at, uh, in the case. You were hoping that they had that it was a turnover on down, but it was intercepted. You were hoping it was just a batted down pass and that the ball was dropped, but no, it was a catch. He had possession. Did the Carolina defender? Oh boy! And then it fumbled out of bounds. So that cost the. <laughs> that was Mike Adams, of course, the veteran cornerback safety for the Carolina Panthers. Made a big play, made a big play, but at the same time. It cost them 20 yards, but luckily, immediately after that, Cam Newton completed a 20-yard pass. So, whatever. It was made up immediately on the first play. And then, as Carolina kept moving forward, then all of a sudden, things just started to go backwards for them. And it was heartbreaking. As Cam Newton was called for intentional grounding, the Saints pass rush, and the whole inability to finish on a big drive uh, at a big moment, particularly the red zone, or just before the red zone in this case. Carolina just could not get the job done. (sighs) Oh, It was heartbreaking. There, There was holding on one play that cost the Carolina Panthers some more. And then at the end of the day, it just wasn't meant to be. Uh, What I didn't understand, though, is the Panthers were acting like there was like 12 seconds remaining. When we're talking 50 seconds remaining, the Panthers are going for long plays, one after another. Why not go for those short yardage plays? They had two timeouts remaining. I don't know what they were doing. Two timeouts remaining. Go for like a 10, 15-yard play. Get closer and closer. I understand the goal is to get in the end zone. But for one, even if the play works and you get in, you're giving Drew Brees 50 seconds trailing by two points. I mean, with a kick with a kicker that just made a 57-yarder indoors. So I'm not sure where the logic was in this. I don't know. A lot of people don't seem to like Rivera very much, the Carolina coach. They don't think he's the best coach out there. Some of the decision-making and such. Cam Newton, of course, had... Concussion protocol for a minute there, came back in the game. Derek Anderson threw one yucky pass that ended up being a punt after that, which is what both teams did back and forth a bit. Carolina a little more so. Uh, Carolina did move the ball, though, and that's what makes things very interesting for the Vikings. I think the Vikings offense will be able to move the ball against any very much improved New Orleans defense. And, of course, you got Crowley and others to really worry about as we move forward into next week's games. We're going to take a quick break and we will preview those games right after this. We are back here on Purple Mafia, segment number two. Time to preview the next round, the divisional round. Oh, boy, I'm getting nervous. I'm getting nervous, and I'm probably not the only one. Uh, it's going to get uh, real interesting around here real quick. So let's start off with... Hmm. So who's favored by what? You don't see even see any odds for the Vikings yet. That's kind of funny. Well, We'll worry about that whenever. I don't know. I'm not really here to give gambling advice. Oh Well... Let's do it in somewhat order here. The Well, yeah, because the Vikings will be playing the very last game of the whole weekend. So let's just go from Saturday to Sunday. Why not? It's perfect. So we'll start off with possibly our next opponent in the NFC Championship game. Will it be the Falcons? Will it be the Philadelphia Eagles? Or should I just go into the AFC first? Yeah, I don't know. I'm bouncing. I'm going crazy. Tennessee versus New England. Let's go that direction going crazy. Yeah, because I'm excited about Atlanta-Philadelphia also. That will be the opener 3.35 Central Time on NBC next Saturday for those of you wondering. And then the next game will be primetime New England Patriots. Only because it's the Patriots though, I'm sure, in Foxborough. 7.15 p.m. Central Standard Time. Sunday at 12.05. 12.05 the Pittsburgh Steelers will be hosting the Jacksonville Jaguars. And when you put the two colors together, it looks like the Jaguars. It's kind of cool because all the Jaguars wear a lot of black and they have the teal. The Vikings would be adding some gold rather than just a yellowish gold. It would be like a gold gold. Uh, if you put the pay, okay, whatever. And then the Patriots and the Tennessee Titans have the same navy blue color. <laughs> oh, why am I even talking about this? Patriots versus Titans. Patriots 13 and three. Titans nine and seven. Or you could say 10 and seven after the victory. Uh, well, I'm going to try to keep this brief because it's going to be pretty much Vikings versus Saints here. Patriots versus Tennessee. Man, well, the Patriots are going to win the game and they're going to go to their umpteenth consecutive AFC Championship game, which is just, you know, it just continues to amaze me how many times they've been there since Bill Belichick and Tom Brady got there which, if this does take place, would be their 12th overall and the 7th consecutive AFC Championship game for Tom Brady and Bill Belichick and the Patriots, of course, if that indeed does take place. Uh, crazy statistic is that, well, if... Well, just as of last year when Tom Brady went to his 11th AFC Championship, he had been to the AFC title game more than four other teams. I mean, more than every team in the NFL, but four. Uh, in, in the AFC, anyway. He was, he was tied with the Oakland Raiders. And then, of course, the other teams were the Steelers, 49ers, and Cowboys. So it's actually NFL, not just AFC, but NFL. So he would, he's actually been to the AFC title game more than every team except the Raiders and Steelers. And if it happens, it would be just the Steelers. That's crazy. Steelers have been to a conference game six times, 49ers 15, which is crazy. 15 times the 49ers. Wow. Uh, Cowboys 15. 15. Uh, the Vikings have been quite a few times as well. Uh, at least, let's see. I, I believe it was at least five times back in the in the Purple People Eaters, and then they've been there four times since. That's nine. So the Vikings are up there. Vikings are up there, four conference championships out of that group. So yeah, I believe we lost one NFC title game back in the '70s, but most of the time we won those against teams like the LA Rams back in the good old days when the LA Rams were halfway decent. So let's continue. Uh, the Patriots will win the game. Plain and simple, I'm thinking of the like something like uh, 27 to 14, something like that. The, the Titans will hang in there; they'll make it interesting for a little while. But the Patriots will pull away 27 to 14, and at the end of the day, the Patriots will go to their 12th AFC title game with Tom Brady in charge. Of course, of course, and ultimately the team in general will have made it at that stage. It would have been 13 then, right? Man, that's insane just Insane, no 14 because they went twice in the yeah, they went in 85 and they got beat by the Bears in 96 and they got beat by the Packers. Hmm, let's try not to think about that one. Jacksonville and Pittsburgh, let's talk about that first, even though you'd want to talk about the Seattle Saturday one. Nah, let's talk about Jacksonville and Pittsburgh first. That's going to be a good game, I think. Uh, Jackson because of Jacksonville's defense, the difference will probably be the quarterbacks, though, unfortunately. So Pittsburgh is going to win the game, unfortunately. Uh, Jacksonville just can't score for their life. And if they do, Leonard Fournette's going to have to be incredible. Uh, Pittsburgh defense is not as good as it used to be, but they still have talent on that defense. They still have big-name talent over there. It's just not as stifling, as steel curtain-ish as it was in the early days of Mike Tomlin. Things have dropped off a bit. The inconsistency of the Pittsburgh Steelers is shocking that they're 13-3, quite frankly. I think the Vikings would beat the Steelers in the Super Bowl. Um, the Patriots are uh, scarier than the, than the Steelers at this point when it comes to the Vikings in the Super Bowl, but Minnesota has to win two games to get there first, so let's not get too far ahead of ourselves. Just saying. If the Steel Wolves, as uh, young Caleb <laughs> Caleb Coleman would say, son of Tony Coleman there, um, the Steel Wolves, I think, will beat the Jacksonville Jaguars, unfortunately. I would love to see the Jaguars beat the Steel Wolves, but it's probably... <laughs> not going to happen. We're going to see Pittsburgh and New England in the conference finals once again. Big shocker. Uh, it's going to be low scoring to a point. Again, the quarterbacks will be the difference. The only the hope is that the defense of Jacksonville will be so good that they'll draw Mr. Uh, ben Roethlisberger, future Hall of Fame quarterback, which is what the Vikings would have to deal with as well. Um, there are four future Hall of Fame quarterbacks in this divisional round right now. Uh, Matt Ryan, Mr. Uh, ben Roethlisberger, Tom Brady, and of course Drew Brees. So, And then you got Marcus Mariota, who's an up and comer. You got well, it would have been Carson Wentz, who's a massive up and comer, but instead you got Nick Foles for Philadelphia. And then you and then you got Blake Bortles, who's got to be replaced at some point if Jacksonville wants to be legitimate. Because if they get a good quarterback there, like Case Keenum or Jimmy Garoppolo or something like that, whoa, (laughs) Jacksonville is going to be the next team in the AFC. I think they really could be with that running back and that defense. If you get a decent quarterback to go with them, whoa, are they going to be good. But we'll worry about that when the time comes. Um, Maybe Drew Brees gets bored with New Orleans because he's a free agent. So, but the odds of that happening are 0%. Uh, Well, so at the end of the day, it's going to be, I'm trying to think of a legitimate score here, a reasonable score. Pittsburgh does have the ability to score. They have Levy on Bell and of course Ben Rothersberger I've said that name a million times, and Antonio Brown. So you got an offense that's legitimate, hardcore legitimate, and all, and all the important positions, of course. Um shoot, uh, twenty-four to seventeen, something like that. It'll be it'll be close, kind of, sort of. Jacksonville maybe force Roethlisberger into some turnovers, and that's the hope for the Jaguars to win the football game. And, of course, Leonard Fournette keeps staying on the ground and getting him in the end zone at some point, maybe breaking loose for a big play, which he's been capable of doing during the course of the year with the offensive line protections help, of course, because without an offensive line, you can't do anything, no matter how good of a running back you are. But Pittsburgh, the Pittsburgh Steel Wolves, or Steelers, I I'm just playing around, will win 24-17 to over the Jaguars, and it'll be New England and Pittsburgh again, and New England would win that game as well, probably, even though some people believe the Steelers could win that game. <sighs> I'm still sticking with New England, but maybe things are blowing up there because of the whole Jimmy Garoppolo situation where Belichick was ready to let go of Brady, this and that, and the owner said, uh, no, like that, let's trade Garoppolo instead. We can't give up Brady. He's got us five championships, and the Patriots are right back in the mix for a championship again hopefully not at the Vikings expense. <clears throat> Let's not even think about that, but they're in the uh they're in the very much in the hunt for a Super Bowl, not just in the hunt to make the playoffs like some teams like Tennessee. So, that's the situation there. But as of right now, New England would be visiting US Bank Stadium to play against Minnesota Philadelphia. <laughs> Atlanta or New England, uh, New Orleans, pardon me. There are two teams remaining that scare me the most, and that's two teams that start with the word new. But at the end of the day, anybody can beat anybody, particularly in the playoffs. Even Tennessee might knock off the Patriots, maybe, but I doubt it. Let's go over to the other side of the NFC, and then we could finally get to the Vikings and Saints, the much-anticipated Vikings and Saints, which of course is the regular season opener, which counts for nothing at the moment. <laughs> still strange to imagine that. That's that just weird, the whole situation there. Wow, weird. Uh, Atlanta going to Philadelphia. It's going to be a, probably going to be a pretty good game. Both teams are going to have to rely on their defenses, believe it or not. And Atlanta has obviously a, a much significantly better quarterback situation than do the Eagles. Just imagine if it was, because it would have still been the same. It would have been Carson Wentz versus Matt Ryan. That would be a pretty good matchup. The Eagles would win that, Absolutely. Uh, if Carson Wentz was healthy, the Eagles would beat the the Falcons in Minnesota would have to go to Philadelphia to get to the Super Bowl. And the Vikings could still do it. The Rams hung in there very, very nicely a few weeks ago. And, of course, Carson Wentz's injury happened at that moment and he was trying to dive into the end zone. I still don't even understand how he got hurt on that play. It's just, man, that just sucks. What horrible luck for Carson Wentz on that play. But it is what it is. I mean, we've been there and done that. Teddy Bridgewater, no contact. Sam Bradford, no contact. You know, I mean, obviously, Bradford's original injuries were both with the St. Louis Rams at the time. They weren't L.A. yet. Um, And they were non-contact. So at least the second one was. uh, The second one was non-contact. The first one was contact. second one, it just buckled and got injured again, unfortunately. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater's devastating, crazy injury that none of us have seen and we probably wouldn't want to see happen. It'd be crazy to look at that kind of thing, um, but whew, yeah, I mean teams get hurt, and I mean star players get hurt, and sometimes someone comes in and shocks the world, and that's happening right now with Case Keenum and the Vikings. Uh, will Nick Foles do it with Philadelphia? I say no. I think the Falcons are probably, you know, they're favored by two points in that game, and yeah, I, they should be slight favorites. And the way they went into the they went into the L.A. Coliseum and just kind of dismantled that Rams team. It's not like they blew them out or anything, but the whole game, they were better. The whole game. I mean, you never really got the vibe like the Rams were going to do anything, even though Gurley had some big moments. But Gurley, the ball was taken out of Gurley's hands because they were losing the whole game, were the LA Rams. Um, right now, i got to pick the Falcons in a shootout. Well, a very close game, not necessarily a massive shootout. Um, Philadelphia's defense is how they're going to win the game. It's certainly not because of Nick Foles. Nick Foles, if he's solid, smart, and he steps up a bit, great. But I think that Philadelphia offense is in big, big trouble. Uh, Philadelphia's defense is excellent. Obviously, they're capable of a great pass rush, and that's how they'd win the game. And of course, playing in Philadelphia on the East Coast, if it's a cold, windy day, that's not going to help the Falcons' chances either. Falcons are an indoor team that play in a warm climate, blah, 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 blah. And you go to the East Coast late in the year like this, it's really tough. And that's what scares me with the Vikings, quite frankly. Back in the old days, it would have been like, ah, yeah, it's just like Met Stadium, but Met Stadium's long gone. TCF Bank Stadium is still standing, of course, very much so, but we don't play there anymore, so we're not used to it. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, and the East Coast vibe on the road, in the playoffs, it's just, it doesn't smell good things. Going into New York City, even though they were a far inferior team to the Minnesota Vikings in 2000, and I truly, truly believe that with all my heart and all my soul, and the Vikings got Trump's 41-0, as we all remember very, very well. There's just something about going out east in the playoffs. It's not good. I don't like doing it. I really don't like doing it. I don't like that feeling. Stay home. Um, and hope to God you can take care of business. Don't choke in front of your home fans like we did in 98. Just don't do it again, damn it. Uh, going to Washington, D.C. in 87, it just didn't work out. As great as that Vikings team was in that game, and as long as they hung in there, it just didn't work out. Uh, end of the day, I'm going to go with Atlanta with like something crazy like 24-20. to 20, Kind of a kind of middle scoring type of game. Philadelphia will hang in there. They'll get some moments. They'll have some good times hanging in that game, but Atlanta will squeak it out. They'll be just a little bit better. Atlanta might even win the game 21 to 3 or something if, if the uh, Eagles don't even show up to play, but if their defense is excellent, it could be a very interesting game and it could ignite the offense. Possibly the, well because of the field position. Maybe even forcing a turnover on Matt Ryan, which does happen sometimes. Matt's not, Matt Ryan isn't perfect. So things will get quite interesting between these two, but I'm going to go with I'm I'm going to go with 20 to 17, lower scoring, a little bit. 20 to 17, Atlanta will be possibly coming to U.S. Bank Stadium, but either way, they're going on the road because they're the only road to any Super Bowl for Atlanta is on the road, and yeah, I would hope and pray to God if the Vikings end up hosting the Falcons, the Falcons don't end up being the team sticking around in U.S. Bank Stadium. That would be disgusting, and losing to either Atlanta. Or New Orleans would be absolutely disgusting. The Minnesota Vikings, of course, will be hosting the New Orleans Saints. Yes, it's official. It's real. It's an offense that's capable of doing a whole hell of a lot. Uh, they were second in the NFL with uh, 400.3 yards per game. Rushing, they were fifth in the whole NFL, about 130 passing yards, 271 a game in the yardage category. Drew Brees is probably going to break the records for the most yards and touchdown passes and all that. Luckily for him, he stayed healthy all this time since he got to the New Orleans Saints in 2006. He finished very strongly with the Chargers after after struggling his first few years there. For what reasons, I'm still unsure of. Michael Thomas, a guy that Paul Charchian constantly, constantly hyped up going into the NFL draft a couple years back. Sebastian Barton was saying, I don't know about that guy. I don't think he's going to be anything. Well, he went to the wrong team, if you, you know, unfortunately for the Vikings. Um, would have been nice to have Michael Thomas instead of just, oh, it makes me sick. Though things may have changed for Thielen and and, uh, Diggs a little bit, but no, maybe you'd have a three-man, maybe you'd have three deep all over again. Oh boy. Mm, This is a scary team, right frankly. Drew Brees passed for four hundred, four thousand, pardon me, 4,334 yards. Mark Ingram led the team in rushing, but Kamara is scarier, I think, because he is uh, Jet McKinnon on super steroids. If you like Jet McKinnon, you'll love Alvin Kamara. Adrian Bleep and Peterson at 81 yards. Remember it was a running back by committee? And Mark Ingram was kind of the uh the, in- the incumbent guy. Cameron Jordan, ever capable of sacks, sack after sack, number 94 of the Saints. That's the guy you gotta worry about with the pass rush with the Saints. Martian Lattimore had five interceptions, and a lot of other guys forced more interceptions as well. Marcus Williams and Crowley is the guy that's scary for a lot of us as well defensively when it comes to the Saints because he's a shutdown shutdown corner. He's not so much necessarily about the turnovers. It's just his overall ability and the way he continued to get better and better during the course of the season. Um, He really developed and such. He's really become one of the better corners out there during the course of the season. Believe it or not, he went undrafted. And it's just, you just see guys emerge. As of course, you just cannot count on the season opener with Sam Bradford torching up this this Saints team. Uh, Adrian Peterson and that whole running back by committee situation, it was a mess. And Mr. Uh, Sean Payton made a move, and Adrian Peterson didn't want to be there anymore anyway because he figured, I'm not going to get the ball. Obviously, you got the sights set in different directions. Why bring in Adrian Peterson when you already have a pretty good running back in Mark Ingram? And then you draft Alvin Kamara, who is about as dangerous as it gets. Man, uh, Mark Ingram, obviously his value is very much there. He a 1,000 yards the year before. Maybe you might just say he's just kind of like a Latavius Murray. He powers his way through. But shoot, I mean, he averaged about five yards a carry last year. He averaged about five yards a carry this year. Uh, He went from 1,043 to 1,124 this year. 12 touchdowns, of course, more of a goal line threat. And then you have Alvin Kamara. My Lord. Oh, Alvin Kamara. Only 826 yards receiving to go along with 728 yards uh, running. And this is, of course, limited time starting out the season, limited snaps. And then he just took off. Uh, He lost one fumble throughout the season, only one. So that's good, too. He's not like Adrian Peterson who will cough up everything and kill you in a playoff game, which just makes you sick beyond belief. I'm just gritting my teeth thinking about that. But in total yardage, the young son of a gun at about almost 1,600 yards, 1,550 yards during the course of the season, 13 total touchdowns, and again, limited snaps to start out the season. Alvin Kamara obviously has got speed up the you-know-what. The guy can run like, I mean, Jiminy Crispus, and he went in the third round, third round. Uh, Dalvin Cook went in the second round. I think, boy, you know, I can't complain about taking Dalvin Cook, but still, Alvin Kamara's right there, boy. Whew. I don't know. I mean, Cook might be a little more of a complete running back, but Kamara's got that blazing speed. He's, he's kind of like Kareem Hunt a bit, where he can do a hell of a lot. Uh, obviously, his receiving an and ability after the catch, because it's not like he runs down the field and makes, and makes Randy Moss-like plays down the field. It's that Kamara makes the catch, and he makes a move, and he makes another move, and then he's off to the races, kind of like Mr. McCaffrey, but better. <laughs> better than McCaffrey. McCaffrey was taken very high in the draft. Kamara, again, third round. in the th- Third pick in the third round, which is kind of a funny combination there. So he was taken about uh, 65th, 67th overall in the draft. Looks pretty good to be a 67th pick in the draft as Alvin Kamara. Again, uh, Michael Thomas and others. Ted Jinn, who made a huge play, 80-yard uh, reception that led to another 40 yards. <laughs> Scamper through that uh, Carolina secondary that just was not ready for it oh boy Lord of mercy just get on your knees pray um I'm on the I'm on the I'm on the I'm on my knees begging essentially let's get this done um boy look at who the Saints had to play to start out the season Obviously Minnesota who was one of the top teams in the NFL 29 to 19 beat them pretty good it felt like more but I mean Sam Bradford was just beautiful in that game then they had to host the New England Patriots who beat them the world champion Patriots. You know, who are playing like world champions, 36 to 20, trouncing the Patriots or the the uh, trouncing the Patriots. Yeah, right. So it was not it's not a preview of the NFC championship game. A lot of us thought it would be. But uh, hopefully it's not a preview of the Super Bowl in the next round, because we don't want the uh, Saints in the Super Bowl. But if it is go Patriots, in that case, hardcore. I mean, hard frickin core. But um, let's try not to think about that. Um, and a one-two to start to the season and it was just like boom 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 after that. I mean, just unbelievable. Until the Rams shut them down twenty-six to twenty. The Saints were scoring to clips of insane numbers. Obviously thirty-four to thirteen over Carolina. And the Saints officially completed the three game sweep, which is pretty damn impressive. They shut out the Dolphins, which is like what? This is the Saints team that got run over by the Patriots and the Vikings. They just shut out Miami twenty to zero. That's embarrassing. Next thing you know, the Saints are scoring 52 against Detroit, 30 against Tampa. Big shocker. 47 against the Buffalo defense. That's always dangerous. 34 against Washington as you bounce around. and a lot of 31-point games against Carolina. The Jets, big deal. Carolina again, obviously, today. So it's going to be interesting. Uh, Tampa beating the Saints. Put them down a bit into the fourth seed. Were the Saints? Did the Saints lose that game on purpose so they'd be able to go to Philadelphia in the second round if they get past uh, Carolina or, or past whoever? They'd be able to maybe beat... Uh, yeah, if they got past Carolina, they'd go to Philadelphia and whoop on them or something. Who knows? Were they trying to avoid the Vikings in the first round? Who knows? Who cares? But at the end of the day, the Vikings are the best team in the NFC right now. Um, this is a very dangerous offense. It's the most dangerous offense the Vikings will face this season. As dangerous as the Falcons are, the Vikings' defense was phenomenal against them. Uh, The hope here is, obviously, that Case Keenum and, of course, the number two running back duo in the NFL, Latavius Murray and Jarek McKinnon, can move the ball forward quite simply. Move the chains, continue the possession, and get into the doggone end zone. This Vikings' offense is more than capable of executing in the red zone versus last year, which was horrible. That's what Carolina was today. They could not finish in the red zone. It was brutal, and it cost them the game. That's what cost them the game, not, not, not gonna miss or whatever from, from 25 yards. It was the fact they couldn't finish in the red zone. Quite simple. Ultimately, at the end of the day as well, a team as dangerous as you're ever going to get on third down in terms of being able to get it, Drew Brees, Michael Thomas, Ingram, and doggone Kamara scares the living bleep out of me. But the Vikings' third down defense is historically good. It's as good as it's ever been in NFL history. And that's how the Vikings not only would win this game, but would win the next two and be world champions, is the third down defense. That is what was the Vikings' Achilles heel last year. That's what crippled the Minnesota Vikings last season. Just play your game. Do what you've been doing. It's that simple. The Minnesota Vikings need to continue doing what they've been doing. I know it's easier said than done because this is a good, this is incredible competition and it's bright lights, all the pressures on you, this and that, but let's shine where the pressure's on us, not whimper. <laughs> you know, let's let's shine. Let's not whittle. Let's not be defeated. That That's what it's all about here. The Minnesota Vikings, if they simply play their game, they will outlast the New Orleans Saints and they will advance to the Super Bowl upon defeating Atlanta at U.S. Bank Stadium or a Nick Foles-led offense in in Philadelphia. Play your game. Frustrate the quarterback. Stop the run. Do the best you can and get the key plays down the stretch. That'll lead us to victory. Case Keenum is more than capable of scoring on this New Orleans offense. uh, Cam Newton, oh, okay, he's the greatest quarterback ever. No, he isn't. He's inaccurate. He makes poor decisions. He's good on his feet. The Carolina Panthers moved the ball a lot today. They just couldn't finish in the red zone. If they could finish in on half of those red zone attempts that ended up with field goals or that one missed field goal, Carolina would have won outright. It would have been 35-31, maybe more than that. But unfortunately, it just did not go that way. Maybe 41-31 if Carolina was really good in the red zone today. But it just wasn't meant to be for the Carolina Panthers. And it needs to be meant to be for the Vikings. One other final thing. Drew Brees is insanely difficult to beat in the Superdome. But he's very beatable on the road. And obviously the Vikings did beat them on the road much earlier in the season. You cannot use that game for any type of reference other than well, we played well against them. Okay. And the Saints scored some points against the Vikings but they were a team that a lot of us looked on as a 7-9, and 8-8 eight and eight team. They were not this team that's 11-5 and 12-4 type of ability that they are now. Um, very easily could and could and should have been 12-4 and four this year but they just didn't win against Tampa Bay, games like that. And of course, the Rams beat the Saints, which is extremely impressive, and that's what ended up giving the Rams home field advantage uh, over the Saints if those two ended up got a ch- giving a chance to play against each other. At the end of the day, the Minnesota Vikings need to win this football game. They should be favored by a slight margin. The media just loves the Saints, and I know a lot of people are picking the Saints over the Vikings. They were picking them in the uh, NFC Championship game. A lot of people thought the Saints were going to wind up there. They were going to get past Philly and all that, but they're going to have to get past Minnesota to get there. I think the Saints' season ends. I think it does. It'll be a very dramatic game, a chance to face your fears, a team that obviously was in the Vikings' way years ago. Obviously, you can't let anything from the past affect this team. Only one guy remains, and that's Brian Robinson. So it shouldn't affect the Vikings too much. Unfortunately, Drew Brees remains for the Saints. So that's the one thing, and he's still good. And Alvin Kamara is what he is, obviously. Um, I'm going to pick the Vikings to win the game though in a, in a, it's going to be lower scoring than today's game against Carolina. How about that? Because this is Mike Zimmer time. This is Mike Zimmer's chance to shut down an offense that has been crushing teams for most of the season. The Minnesota Vikings will win the football game by a final score of 27 to 24. It'll be very dramatic. The Vikings will hang in there. Ty Forbath will make a key field goal at some point in the game. The Vikings will be up 27 to whatever. The Saints will make it very interesting, and the Vikings will make a key stop very late in the game. that will ice it 27-24, something along the likes of that. And God willing, maybe 31-21 would be much better. And I'm hoping it will be something along those lines where the Vikings will build a comfortable lead and hang on and win the game. And off we go to the NFC uh, Championship game versus the Atlanta Falcons where we will face the next ghost. Obviously, much further removed than the Saints. there's not a soul remains from that season. <laughs> not a soul remains from that season. Obviously, Peyton Manning's gone, Randy Moss, all those guys from back back in those days. They're not playing anymore. It's a long, long time ago. So, well, do, not even Tom Brady was in the NFL yet. So, we'll just have to let that go as is. Drew Brees was looking really good with the uh, Purdue Boilermakers back in those days, whooping on the Gophers, unfortunately, much to our chagrin. So, yes, uh, yes, he was whooping on the Gophers. Oh, he was. Oh, hardcore. <laughs> I knew who Drew Brees was back in those days. I did. I knew him very well, and I knew he was good, and I was hoping the Vikings would wind up getting him somehow in the draft, but that just didn't happen. Minnesota wins 27-24 to or 31-21 or 31-24, something along those likes. Something along those lines. 31-24 would be just fine. I'm gonna go twenty-seven twenty-four, a little tiny bit lower scoring and much closer, all that good stuff. But Minnesota will advance to play the Falcons. And I think the Minnesota Vikings would beat Atlanta and it will be Minnesota, New England in the Super Bowl. And I refuse to pick that game just yet. Other than Vikings defense continues to do what they had been doing throughout the season, they will they will win the championship if they continue to do what they had been doing. Knock on wood. Third down defense continues to do what it does. It's that simple. You're going to win the championship. If it's that good. When it matters. So that should wrap this up. We will come back and we will hear from Mad Martin's takes on Wild Card Weekend.
1: New year, Joey. I hope you've had a great festive season, as have your family. Also, congratulations on our 10th season of podcasting. That's quite an achievement, my friend, considering some of the uh, the years that we've had to endure. Anyway, this year is not one of those 13 and 3. Quite remarkable considering that uh, Bradford went down week one. Uh, as you say, at one stage we were 2 and 2, 500, and looking potentially at another mm, wasted season. But here we are, 13-3. and three. Quite remarkable. Last couple of games have been somewhat difficult offensively. I think we have kind of sputtered, certainly sputtered against Chicago. I can understand playing Green Bay, the frozen tundra. It's not easy in that sort of frigid weather. But uh, equally, most impressive. So we get to enjoy a week off and savour the wild card rounds and watch the other teams slug it out <clears throat> to see who we play. The following week. Um, Personally. I'd like to see. Possibly the Rams back. I think we can certainly deal with them. Like you. I am quietly confident. About where this team goes. Towards the uh, Super Bowl. I think we can make it. Um, What I'd like to see in that. uh, Conference championship game. Is a rerun of the 2009. Game against the Taints. And this time around. Part of me hopes for a heartbreaking defeat for the Taints. But more, I'd like to see them absolutely slaughtered by our defence. Because this defence has played lights out so far. If I've got a concern in this postseason, it's if that defence has a off day. Can the offence cover it? Can they do enough to pull the team through? The last couple of games, mm, not quite. But we'll see what we see. But I think you're right. I think we'll be going to Minneapolis for a Super Bowl and probably waiting for New England. Now, striking while the high end's hot uh, is what some people have said. Um, yeah, obviously, you want to win a Super Bowl. But equally, you want to build the foundations for a team that's going to be highly competitive for the next five, hopefully ten years. That's what I'd hope. I think in Zimmer, we have the man to do that, depending on how long he wants to coach. Um, But no, you want to see a team that's going to be competitive year in, year out. And certainly the foundations have been built. Um, Off season will be massively interesting. A lot of defensive players up in free agency. They need to be re-signed if possible. And then, of course, there's the old chestnut, the Achilles heel of the Minnesota Vikings for so long. Quarterback. Who the hell do they bring back? Is Case Keenum that man? has he had a season that's come out of nowhere and he revert back to the mean next year I don't know it's a big question isn't it Bridgewater still not convinced we've seen enough to say yes you roll with this man as your franchise quarterback and then of course there's uh, Sam Bradford of the three certainly the most talented but with that knee it's a massive question mark and it is quite concerning as far as I'm concerned to see where we go in that particular direction whoever we take I hope to God it's the right one otherwise we could be back in the same shitty position of uh, retreads busts blah 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 anyway yeah I know some people have sort of said oh we've got to win one but you know I was speaking to a Tampa Bay fan a little while ago and yeah they've got one Super Bowl their other 40 years of or well, 40 seasons in fact have been rather irrelevant. They were the whipping boys in the NFC Central and they've been pretty much the same in the South. So yeah, they've got a the Super Bowl, but look at our history. Look at the the four Super Bowls, the numerous conference championships games. This team has had a remarkable fifty-seven years so far. And hopefully they can cap it this year with that first inaugural Super Bowl, which might, I hope, lead to great greater things uh, a great podcast as always thank you Joey I agree with Dave Vicky I'm not sold on uh, Pat Shurm at all um, equally he did win nine games as, as a head coach in Cleveland so perhaps he has got something considering what uh, coaches have done over there but anyway we'll see what we see at the coaching position um, like you my biggest concern was the 12 freaking penalties on Sunday that sloppy play has to be dealt with in this two week period right so we can sit down and enjoy wildcard weekend I hope Kansas come through from that group I've got a little soft spot for that team as well in the fact that uh, Arrowhead Stadium and, and that crowd are quite amazing so uh, go Chiefs um, as to the rest of them I couldn't possibly care less in fact if all the top seeds get knocked out superb we will make it much easier for us in those uh, those two games before we reach that Super Bowl. And I am quietly confident. Anyway, my friend. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to the Purple Faithful. Skull, brothers and sisters. And skull to making that Super Bowl.
0: Let's beat the Rams. Beat the Rams. But no, we, we won't have to do that this time around. Let's beat the Taints. The Taints. It's going to be the Taints. Yep. And obviously, uh, Mr. Man Martin knows that already at this stage. Um, that's what will ultimately lead to the Super Bowl, of course, but you got the great running game. You got Thielen and Diggs. You got, uh, you know, yeah, obviously the two best. It's the second best uh, duo, uh, running back duo in the NFL since week number five. Number one, of course, Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram. So something's got to come to a head here. Our defense is better than the Saints. Their quarterback is better, but our quarterback's pretty good, too. And I guess uh, that's who Mr... Uh, Mr. Keena modeled his game after Drew Brees, so kind of cool. Is he Drew Brees? No, but who is Drew Brees? Drew Brees is Drew Brees. That's about it at this point. So, obviously, lots of interesting off-season conversation. We'll continue into that more and more as we move into the off-season. Obviously, I mean, well, I could briefly talk about it now, but I mean, obviously, that's not the main point of uh, interest at this stage because of obvious reasons. I mean, you gotta kind of... you gotta. I mean, right now, we're more focused in the post-season. Yeah, but... Uh, hey, you know, that is the elephant in the room, the quarterback, all that. It's going to be extremely fascinating to see how that all plays out. My personal hope, my personal hope is that you're able to bring back Case Keenum and Teddy Bridgewater at contracts that are, well, cap-friendly. Cap-friendly enough. Cap-friendly enough that it fits. Bridgewater, a lesser contract. Hopefully he'd be willing to do that because, well, I I don't know how ready he is to be a starting quarterback. Uh, I think you go forward with Case Keenum as the starter. Hope for the best that uh, whoever the offensive coordinator is, that he can continue things in the right direction. And if Case Keenum turns out to be a guy who's not all that great, then hopefully you have Teddy Bridgewater here. Still, at a lesser contract at the time, still a decent decent enough contract that he feels, hey, you know, he's still got a chance to play. You're going to see a competition between Teddy Bridgewater and Case Keenum. Obviously, if the Vikings win the Super Bowl, Case Keenum deserves a nice, decent-sized contract. Um, with some guaranteed money, of course. And then after that, if Case Keenum ends up being not a whole lot after this, uh, like a a year or two from now, you roll with Teddy Bridgewater. So, I mean, heck, even in the next season, Teddy Bridgewater might end up taking over at some point in the season if Keenum isn't that good. But if Keenum continues this run and he's going to have a above-average career, well, let's rock and roll. I can't quite say Kurt Warner level because Warner had the fastest release ever. And he had he had Drew Brees like yardage. It was just insane. I mean, the guy was off the charts. But Keenum, obviously, an extremely respectable season. Uh, he's been very good with the ball, smart, all that. He only had a couple. He only had turnovers, mostly with the uh, the Redskins game. And of course, he threw one against Cincinnati. But uh, let's not be throwing them in the playoffs here and into the Super Bowl. Let's get this thing done and move forward. So uh, awesome conversation there. Obviously, it was a, it was a, it's all about beating the Saints now and hopefully avenging the loss of 2009. Uh, That's a huge deal, and then maybe 98. I bet at this point when uh, Mad Martin recorded that, I don't think he expected the uh, Atlanta Falcons to still be playing, and a strong possibility the Falcons just might wind up in U.S. Bank Stadium in a few weeks. So, no, uh, I didn't particularly see that coming. I thought it was possible, but it's not like, oh, that's exactly what's going to happen. No, uh, it was a bit of a surprise. It was interesting, quite surprising, to, to say the least, I'm trying to remember now which ones I've. Uh, yes, uh, yeah, I'm gonna. I'm seeing where to continue with the Twitter. I'll start with this spot. So let's move on to the Twitter account. Uh, very interesting conversation. Awesome, always Mad Martin. That was spectacular. Dave Martin out of Northern Scotland, gold star of the winner, gold star of the year award winner, just uh, two years ago if I remember correctly. Last year I went to Justin Mayer Henry, and this year Justin's MIA, so he has no chance of getting it this year. Uh, I don't, yeah, like nobody's had the gold star of the year twice. That's kind of tough to do. I think when when somebody gets it, it's good to give it to another person as well because there's so many of you deserve it over the years. Uh, Mad Martin is, Mad Martin, Mark Carlson, Gerald String, you guys, I could give it to you pretty much every year. You guys are spectacular. But there's other really good uh, people as well that also deserve recognition. I mean, Leland's awesome. Uh, Jeff Froyland's awesome. Those guys, you know, guys like that. You know, sometimes they don't post as much as some others, but they're just spectacular. You know, they're loyal to the show. They've been around for a long time. Uh, Buckholz as well, I believe it's Dave. Dave Buckholz, yeah, I really like him as well. He almost never posts, but when he does, it, it's good. It's a good, interesting conversation, and some people have kind of come and gone over the years. I miss Malcolm McSween. I hope he's still listening. I don't know if I scared him away or whatever happened, but uh, I don't know. It's been a while. Uh, obviously, uh, uh, Anthony from L.A., so we'll continue. Mad Martin on Twitter at Purple Mafia Show at Purple Mafia Show. Uh, he says thirteen and three. When that reads sixteen and three, I'll be happy. Now the season really starts. In the past thirteen years, we have seen one playoff win. Time to change that. And that was yeah, that was on the last show. So he says I've begun my search. Okay, yep, that was the last. That was on the last show. So we'll retweet. We'll talk about the retweets. Um, UK. I and Vikings. Vince Germano, and James Beck. UK. Minnesota Vikings and James Back both from the United Kingdom and Vince Germano from Australia uh, at vinrock 44 Thank you very much guys for retweeting the show. Really appreciate that and letting your friends know about it. UK Minnesota Vikings says, well, I'm done on 10 years. Oh, and thanks to Mad Martin for putting me on your super podcast. Happy New Year. And thank you very much for joining. I appreciate that. Happy New Year to you. I didn't respond. I'm sorry. I didn't realize even you were talking to me. Sometimes I thought you would go talk back and forth. I'm really sorry. No, Happy New Year to you as well, UK, Minnesota Vikings fans, and you're, it's a great pleasure to have you on the show. Um, he says, hope you, he was talking to uh, Mad Martin, hope you get to Minnesota. Accommodation looks like a nightmare that week. Wonder how many Brits are going. Yeah, there'll be some, I'm sure. <laughs> I, for me, it would be impossible to afford to go to anything. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's not easy. I'm not exactly living. I'm not exactly driving a limousine and stuff. No, I like my car. It's very solid. But that's one of the only good things I have, I guess. It's a Honda Accord. It's not a uh, yeah. It's not a BMW. No, I wouldn't even. I wouldn't even get one even if I was rich. Yeah, it's just not my cup of tea. I'd rather have something that works. You know, not that BMWs don't work, but something that's affordable to repair as well. Which other cars like that kind of are insanely expensive so we'll continue and oh golden gopher hockey just beat st cloud state number one team in the nation. hell yes golden gopher hockey just beat st cloud state they swept the weekend series so screw you st cloud state huskies and go golden gophers some of you might be st cloud people I, i'm sorry but i gotta i gotta go in a different direction when it comes to college hockey okay so <laughs> okay let's continue um Mad Martin says accommodation looks like a problem as our flights storm away to Edinburgh, to Providence, to Boston, and finally Minneapolis. And as to tickets, LOL, basically he's laughing, will be a bar and most likely, but let's not count our chickens yet. So you never know. Maybe I'll see Mad Martin on Super Bowl weekend. Wouldn't that be something? I want to see Tanae Brown as well. I remember he came here and then I was just completely... Swamped with work, I should have went and saw him. He went to a Timberwolves game. tane Brown, of course, big Timberwolves fan, but he also likes the Vikings as well. Oh man, I'm sorry, tane out of New Zealand. That was a bummer on my part. That's a, I should have I should have found a way to work around that, and I, I tried, and I should have tried harder. I think. Damn it, I regret that so much. So, uh, tane if you're if you're listening uh mad martin says cannot see many going over you're looking at serious money yeah see that's what i mean i mean it's not ex- it's not cheap everything's so damn expensive flights at it looks like 600 uh, i'm not sure what that is pounds 600 pounds that'd be insane a combination dread to think that weekend and tickets you're looking at 5k maybe oh yeah yeah probably or more and even just the odds of getting in there even getting a ticket, even if it's avail- oh, if they are available. Sam Gupta says, Seriously, Bizarro, I did not expect that at all. What was it? Uh, what were we talking about there? Oh, oh, here we go. I was saying, What the hell are the Cincinnati Bengals doing? They signed Marvin Lewis for two more years. Yeah. What the hell are the Cincinnati Bengals doing? They just said that Marvin Lewis is moving on. I mean, Marvin Lewis supposedly said he's it's, it's moving on to other opportunities, as in, like, it's finally over. And then they sign him again. Cincinnati is just weird. I don't get it. What the hell are Cincinnati doing? Uh, whew, scrolling up for a while here. Dave Hickey? Nope, we'll start with 10A Brown. He says, what a leader we have. And this was Mike Zimmer talking to his team. And he was saying, there is no damn curse. So that was very cool. Um, yep, there is no damn curse. I don't know what you're talking about, basically. Like, we're going to get this done. We're not going to talk about any curses. That was the press conference there. And I love that. Uh, very cool today for posting that and Luke Inman was the original pers- person that uh, posted it so cool Dave Vicky out of Iowa says I know right uh oh what's up with that I know right what do you mean I know right look at you. oh don't be a millennial on me now <laughs> but yeah he's talking about the Cincinnati Bengals he says uh, okay uh, he said it uh, he said that phrase that's like the Browns keeping their coach after one win in two years pathetic and the Browns kept their coach too yeah it's 0-16 and they kept their coach 1-15 last year Wow! You realize one win? I mean, one 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 win. Thirty one and thirty one—that's crazy. One and thirty one. Yeah. Well, next year that's it. If he doesn't have like a significantly better year, I would hope. Matt Martin jumps in now as we head into this weekend. He says yet another horrible postseason game for the Chiefs. What a garbage second half! Just finished the second wildcard game. So dirty birds in Minneapolis in two weeks. Time for revenge. This third wildcard game is, and that was, of course, Tennessee and Buffalo, excuse me, Jacksonville and Buffalo. That was a pretty weak game indeed. It says rubbish is a word of this. So it's Taints, the Dirty Birds, and I think it's the Steelers and the big one. Teams that have denied us in the past. If so, it's a, it's in the bag. It's ours, but I will be happy if the Taints lose later. And I wish they did lose to Carolina, but they didn't. Uh UK-Minnesota Vikings says, Brady is not looking so great these past few games. I can see the Steelers winning up in New England. Yep, I, I can see it happening as well, but I can also see the Steelers even losing to Jacksonville. Um, crazy things can happen, Uh you know. Yeah, the Patriots might lose. Uh, Brady is 40 years old, and not many 40-year-old quarterbacks have won Super Bowls. In fact, we're still waiting on that. Uh Favre did come damn close, though, didn't he? He did. Ah, oh, he did. Ugh and I'm staring at Drew Brees and all that. It's just, yeah, let's just get off it and keep going. I'm sorry. Uh, you know, UK Minnesota Vikings, you deserve a, a star this show. UK Minnesota Vikings is a star candidate for the show. They will get a star. Let's continue. Uh, Mad Martin says, are the football gods setting us up to exercise all those demons and playing the dirty, the taint, dirty birds, and the Steelers? Would be fitting to do that with the home Super Bowl. You know, and it's like, yeah, you know, you look at it, yes, yes it's looking like a, a legitimate possibility sometimes that's just how it is isn't it uh uk minnesota vikings just now that would be a fun tour to go to on the exorcism tour 2008 vikings win it all amen to that indeed 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 mad martin says looking 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 the taints next week looking like the taints next week but we are at home yep Mind you, this taints D cannot stop the Panthers getting into the red zone five times, but no pay dirt. Okay, at least they got got in. Yep, they did get that one to Greg Olson there. Greg Olson, who was the color commentator for the Rams game, that was a fun game to watch, and I liked the I liked the announcers the whole game. I liked Greg Olson. And I liked the guy, the main play-by-play guy he was with. That was a good group of announcers there. Uh, Matt Martin says, "With you, w- with you there, brother." Only question is can Case keep it together? I think they should address all three quarterbacks next week, just in case. And, yep, just in case. That's what he pun not intended, I'm sure. Uh, absolutely. Um, I was saying I do think we can score on these guys. Yep, the Saints. The good news is Breeze does not play as well on the road. God willing, that will continue. Yes, I think all three quarterbacks should be activated. I do agree with that 100%, because you just don't know what's going to happen. Um, you just don't know, because if, if Bradford has to go out there what if he's not ready? What if he's not as ready as we thought? You Then you have to put Bridgewater in and pray to God Bridgewater's ready. All of that good stuff. So we'll just have to continue from there. Matt Martin says, don't get me wrong. Would love Case to lead us all the way. That would be great to see Bradford dig, uh, dagger this lot too. But this is not over yet. Anything can happen. He says, well, guess that's the game. Time to hit the sack. My side of the pond time <laughs> to make it. <laughs> The taints pay skull. And yep, that was because it was really uh getting to the end. But nope, nope, it wasn't over. He's saying maybe not, Cam and Co. It's time to dagger the taints. Come on, Camenco and Co. Uh Saint Walker. Yep, this is uh Anthony Carlson. Welcome back, Anthony Carlson. He says, Revenge is a is a dish best is a bish it, revenge is a dish best served cold. That's my fault. Anthony. Let's open the dome. For the eights. Yep, come on and let's crush them. Let's do this. I, I agree with you so much. 100%. That's a retweet. Yep, I love it. And I love uh, and when Anthony Carlson joins the show. Thank you very much. Hope he's still a listener. Uh, Mad Martin says, Yep, that's me hitting the hay with our luck. I mean, with luck, RD will be hitting Drew hard next Sunday. Skull, brother. And skull to you as well. And I hope, God, that's exactly the way things do go. I believe that's it for. Twitter, and yes it is, Twitter a bit busier than Facebook this week, I gotta think. Facebook, there's some there though, there is, but it's not as crazy as it normally is in game day, like next week will be a lot crazier, hopefully in the positive direction as we head to the, that would be the fourth NFC Championship game in recent memory, 98 thousand oh nine, and then 2017 and let's make it a win, this would be the fifth one since, uh, yeah, the last time the Vikings went to the Super Bowl, we lost in 87, we've lost four in a row, let's end that. Let's end the, look at this, end the four NFC Championship game losses and end the four Super Bowl losses. Win-win. Boom-boom, there you go. It helps uh, heal the wounds a little bit. It would be greatly appreciated. Uh, Continue off of last show, and there's a, yeah, there's a little bit of uh, interesting conversation there. (laughs) Wait, did I respond to that? Nope, that was, uh, yeah, I recorded on Monday morning, on New Year's Day if I remember correctly. Did I? I don't remember. Let's read what they say. Yes, this is different, I believe. Okay, Uh, I can't remember. Nope, these were already read on the show. So, we'll leave that. We'll keep moving. That was a New Year... Yeah, yeah, I I did record on New Year's Day because New Year's Eve was... You know, you, you gotta... I couldn't finish the show that night. So, the most recent episode... 13-3, 13-3, it was called. Tony Coleman of South Dakota says, Hey, Joey, where did you hear the NFL made an exception for host teams to wear home jerseys in the Super Bowl? I'm in a discussion on another group, and I can't find confirmation on that. Can you hook a brother up? Yep, and then Paul Charchin ultimately said it, and then the Star Tribune uh, also put it up there, which, much to Tony's delight. So the Vikings, yes, they will be the home team in the Super Bowl if they get there. Any other NFC team, like the Eagles, the Falcons, or the Saints, God forbid, would be the road team. They'd be wearing the road whites, and they'd be in the visitor's locker room. But the Minnesota Vikings, being the tenants of that stadium, would get the rare, the extremely rare, once in a lifetime, once in a, a four-generation, <laughs> yeah, once in four generations uh, uh, moment that they would actually be the home team be in their home stadium. So it would be a spectacular event, a Halley's Comet-like event, if this took place. And that's why the Vikings absolutely need to win the Super Bowl if this does happen. I mean, it's literally like a Halley's Comet type event. I mean, you're waiting like, you know, in this case, almost 60 years. Halley's Comet's 86 years. So she's I mean, it's not much of a difference at this point. 57 years and and, uh, and uh, 86. I mean, it, there's a difference, but not that much. It's a, it's a long time. Uh, Gerald String says, great show as usual. Thanks for the star, Joey. It's not necessary, but always appreciated. As for deep fried turkey, I started doing that about 12 years ago and my family won't accept any other method now. And by the way, Gerald's ring is out of Nebraska. Uh, and one other thing to note before I continue what Gerald says. Put it this way though, when it comes to how long ago it's been. When the Minnesota Vikings started their expansion football team, Fran Tarkington was in his rookie year and he is 76 years old. Put that into perspective and tell me it's not been a long time. 76 years old. Continue. Um, Gerald String says I inject about a pint of Creole butter marinate and fry at 350 degrees for 35 minutes it is so brown and crispy on the outside and the inside so moist and tender it's ridiculously tasty so it only takes 35 minutes total is that the case only 35 minutes total let me see uh, very interesting Um, I suppose because it would be in a frying it would be like bubbling like a fry vat eh Hey, look at me. I'm going Canadian again. I I, I keep listening to Wally Shaver when I hear uh, Gophers hockey on the radio. He says A a lot because he's he's Canadian, Uh, Wally Shaver. His father, Al Shaver, who used to broadcast the North Stars and he's still living at about 90 years of age. Al Shaver, the legendary Al Shaver. Uh, Wally's been the Gophers uh, play-by-play voice for many years as well. That's the son again of Al Shaver. Let's continue. Very interesting though. So is it 35 minutes total? Or I suppose the preparation would take a long time as well. Hey, there I go again. <laughs> Mark Carlson out of Iowa <laughs> says, This is another great episode of the Pearl Mafia show. In fact, I loved the last, uh, last week's episode, 259. Slipping, sliding, shutout also. The season has been a surprise year for me as a fan. After so many seasons of promise and so many seasons of shame, this year I had hopes. And they seemed to be dashed when Cook went down. Yeah, oh, heartbreaking, wasn't it? I literally tweeted... RIP 2017 season. Can you believe that? Just think about that. Led, that tweet could be legendary one day if this team ends up winning the Super Bowl. That tweet should be put on a plaque somewhere. Seriously, I, I should dig it up and find it, and it should be put on a plaque somewhere and showed just how quickly things can change. And as exciting a season as this has been, just, you know, say if the Vikings go on to win a Super Bowl, that there were moments that it looked so bleak and so over and how you climb the steepest hill to, win, to end a drought. And it just shows that this really, in so many ways, would be one of those cases where you climb the steepest possible hill to end the drought. The most legendary story of all time, like the Red Sox, like the Cleveland Cavaliers, like the Chicago Cubs. Now it's, to, now it's time to happen in the NFL. It's time to happen in the NFL. Basketball with... See, it's going to come full circle, isn't it? It happened twice in baseball. Hockey, you saw multiple teams. You saw the LA Kings be an uh, eight, eighth seed go on and win a Stanley Cup. That's a tough hill to climb. But, of course, the finalist was not that scary uh, for them. But still, they went all the way with the eighth seed. So that's kind of an example. Uh, but it happened in basketball with the Cavs. It happened in baseball twice with the Cubs and the Red Sox. Now it's the Twins' turn. Now it's the twins, or the, the twins turn. It's the Vikings turn, I should say. Let's continue. Oh, I'm going crazy. Where was I? Said I had hopes. They're down. Cook went down. Bradford went down. When we lost to the Steelers, or should I say Steel Wolves, anyway, I go down memory lane when you include some talk about teams, seasons, and players of the past. You know, this is why I love this team. History shared with fam- my family since I was just a short, shy kid. Yep, just like me. Short and shy. I wasn't too short though, but shorter, I guess. Shorter than I am now. Yes. And you know, I never quit on them and never will. Please allow me to shout out to Eric Sandovan. Sandvan. Sandvan. Who is new to the group. One last thought. I agree. The Saints scare me a bit. Yeah, they do. The Panzers, not so much. And the Panzers are done. I'm glad I'm guessing he's making fun of the Panthers there like pansies. Happy New Year, everyone. School Mark from Iowa and Happy New Year to you and everyone also. Happy New Year to uh Mad um, Martin, who also said that. And yes, uh, the whole history, that was the other major note that he talked about. I'll, I'm going to backtrack to uh, uh, Dave Martin as well. When he talked about, hey, you know, yeah, Tampa had their little quick year, won the Super Bowl, and then they went back into uh, oblivion. And, and they pretty much did. Uh, as great as John Gruden is, well, as as great as that season was for John Gruden, and he was so good for the with the Raiders in the short time that he was there, they didn't do much after that, did they? And uh, I don't know. Now John Gruden's back with the Raiders. Oh, 10 years, $100 million. That's going to be extremely interesting to talk about at some point. But he's got Derek Carr there. So it's going to be very interesting to see how the Oakland Raiders do with John Gruden with 10 years, 100000000 million. I've never heard of that before. 10 years, $100 million. Whew. But I suppose that's kind of like, uh, uh, what's that guy's name? Come on, I know who he is. Uh, Nick Saban. He's he, he's he's like an NFL's Nick Saban, but how many national championships has Nick Saban won, and how many national championship games has Nick Saban been in? Uh, Mr. Gruden has won a Super Bowl to, to his credit, but I don't know. <laughs> I don't know about all that. I think that's a he went to one AFC title game and got beat by the Ravens, was it? I think the Ravens beat them. Yeah, that's when the Ravens went on and won it all. Yep, and then of course, yeah. Let's just move on. Um, Eric Sandven, welcome aboard, Eric Sandven. Hopefully he's a listener. He says, thanks for the shout-out, Mark Carlson. Been so busy, haven't had time to listen in lately. Aw, <laughs> but maybe some at some point. Can't wait to venture through this postseason with a team like this skull. And hopefully, yeah, hopefully Eric's been listening. I, I appreciate your uh, inclusion very much, Eric. And thank you, Mark, so much for telling him about the show. I was talking about the whole thing with uh, Marvin Lewis. Mark Carlson says, well, can I say it? Trying to keep pace with the Browns. That's pretty funny. Yep, I like that. Mark is out of Iowa, of course. Gerald String out of Nebraska. I've already mentioned that on this show. says, what else could it be? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. It's very weird. Uh, and then here was the black and white proof from Star Tribune. Even with the NFC as the Super Bowl road team, Vikings would be afforded all advantages of home. Yes, they will be given everything. Uh, beautiful. Uh, Mark Carlson says, great article, Joey. Thanks for sharing. I like the Keenum quote at the end of the article. It just feels right down there. About Case Keenum said the turf, the surface feels fast, even the lighting in there. And then you add the fans coming in pregame, just the whole atmosphere in there it's incredible. All my friends and family that have come in from Texas, my friends from other teams that come in. Text me after the games, and they're like, "Dude, this place is ridiculous. It's a cool place to play, and I think it's going to be even better in the postseason." And yeah, that's the hope. That'll be a legendary building, just like the Metrodome was. As much as people look at it as an old tent, an old uh, a, a bowl. Pardon me. I think I bumped something. I bumped the pause button. A bowl with a tent on top is what I was trying to say. I was trying to zoom in. That hit the pause button. That was kind of goofy. <sighs> Apologize for that. Um you had two World Series won there in pretty legendary fashion in the seventh game of the World Series. Pretty dramatic games, and it was unbelievable. So, why not? Um, it was a building of champions. Even the great Mike Shishovsky told his club back in '92 when they were in du- when, when Duke was playing in the National Championship game against Michigan. Duke was underachieving in the first half of that game, and he looked at his team. He looked at the banners in that place, the names on those lockers. Because they were in actually the Twins locker room of all places. And he said, you guys, look at this place. These guys are all champions. You know, we need to start playing like them. It was something along those lines, I'm paraphrasing. But look at this, Herbeck, Puckett, Jack Morris. You know, and it went on and on. He went on, the Puckett, all, all them names, Chili Davis. These men are champions. And, uh, you know, you guys aren't playing like them right now. And, it's, and if you want to be like these guys, you need to, you know, step it up. It was something along those lines. That's pretty amazing to think that Mike Krzyzewski, the legendary Mike Krzyzewski, looked at that Twins team that way. That's how legendary it is when your team wins the championship, and that's your stadium, your stadium, your locker room. These guys are champions. You know, Linval Joseph, he's the Case Keenum. <laughs> I just get almost teary-eyed thinking about it. Xavier Rhodes, if it truly does turn out that way. Harrison Smith. You know, I mean, you could go on forever. Riley Reef, I mean, on and on and on. Even even Kai Format, yep, with a championship ring. How cool would that be? So let's continue. Matt Emer out of the UK says, let's get there first. I couldn't agree more. Um, I could not agree more. Let's get there first. I hope I didn't just hide his comment. If I, I don't think I did. I don't think I did. I better not have. I, I didn't mean to shoot no i don't think i did uh tony coleman because i bumped it funny tony coleman says i found this very same article after our exchange yesterday the only thing it doesn't mention is specifically its uniform choice i suppose we can assume if the vikings were awarded all the home amenities that includes uh, jersey choice but i didn't state uh stated specific but it didn't state it explicitly in the article well yeah i mean the talk is yeah that we hopefully would get to wear the purple there might be a visitor post from Brent. Yes, there is. And Brent says, seeing how Casey blew the game today is why I'm not going to get too cocky about the Vikings. I definitely think they, I definitely think we are a much better team than the Chiefs. But still, anything can happen. And you are damn, damn, damn right. Um, I was saying, yeah, it's scary. Uh, I, I'm definitely not cocky. And I'm scared of the Saints and all that. And who, who knows? I was hoping for the Panthers to win. But no, I mean, you can never get cocky even if you win the Super Bowl, why come back and be cocky like the freaking Seahawks? I I hate that attitude. I I hate teams with an arrogant attitude like the Cowboys and the Seahawks, teams like that. Hard to be fans of them. You know, win with class, win with humility. That's all I ask for. Uh, You know, And I don't see that from the Vikings. Maybe Diggs on occasion. I don't think Rhodes is like that. I don't think really anybody in the secondary is like that. And you know what? Don't be. Don't be like that. Because... That's the kind of stuff that can get stupid bonehead penalties, and that's one of the other major keys coming into the Saints game. And the rest of the postseason, penalties, penalties, penalties. Please be careful. No stupid penalties. You know, just do your best to avoid them as, as best as possible. I know it's easier said than done, but do the best you can. That's all I can say. Keep your composure. Don't cheat. Just win the right way. We Beat them on the scoreboard, and that's it. Don't beat them by cheating or anything stupid like that. And that's about it. Um, uh, the weather's warming up for a couple days. Then there'll possibly be a snow nami coming Wednesday into Thursday. As Dan Barrero calls it, a snow nami. Will it be a real one this time? I don't know. And again, not everybody is from the Twin Cities that is listening. But in the Twin Cities area, maybe they're going to get a lot in Iowa. As I've said many times, Iowa loves Purple Mafia. And I love Iowa. Purple Mafia loves Iowa. Thank you guys so much. I, could na- I mean, it, it, it's a list. And you guys are just, you know, just like Australia, in New Zealand for Timberwolves Explosion just carries that show like Titan carrying the earth. It's just unbelievable. I was like that for this show. And, and you know what? So is the UK as well. You guys are just legends. And I just love you all. You <laughs> love you guys so much. Uh, UK Minnesota Vikings is going to get the gold star for this episode. Yep, you're, you're in the house. <laughs> UK Minnesota Vikings of like going to get the gold star for this episode and of course we will have an active uh, in game and post game thread next week all that will be back and we'll be seeing a big group of you again Leland and and Jeff Froiland. you guys just awesome too some guys that I, you know uh, Patrick Grant I, I just love you guys you know Jeff uh, what was, I already said Jeff uh, uh, Josh Mayer Henry Justin Mayer Henry needs to come back I'm sure he will, should the uh, Super Bowl Sunday take place on Feb the 4th. Obviously it will take place, but will the Vikings be there? Well, let's just earn it. Just earn it. Let's do it right. We have the best punter in the league, and our kicker is capable of being a good kicker too. <laughs> and let's try to stay indoors as best possible. Uh, hopefully. Of course, if Atlanta cannot beat Philadelphia, well, if you're going to get to the Super Bowl, you've got to get there through Philly. So it is what it is if that happens. <laughs> so take care of business against Nick Foles and all that good stuff. But we'll worry about that when the time comes because we got that big black and gold jersey with that doggone New Orleans logo, that, that French quarter, whatever you want to call it, uh, Cajun look. It's, 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 it's staring us in the face right now. And it's time to knock those bastards out. Uh, we've beaten them in the playoffs many times in the past. Way back in the 80s, we knocked them out and then beat the 49ers and went to the AFC title game or NFC title game in 87. And then years later, we knocked out the Saints again and got crushed by the Niners. And they went on to win the 88 Super Bowl over the Bengals. Again, the last time the Bengals won a playoff game was the AFC Championship game in 1988. That's 29 years ago. It's now 30 seasons straight without uh, winning one. Good job, uh, Cincinnati. Good job. <laughs> wow, that is pretty bad. Um, so, yeah, yeah, you do refer back to what Mad Martin said about the, uh, at least we've been to this and that. At least we've been in the playoffs an unbelievable amount of times. The Minnesota Vikings have played more playoff games than any franchise in the NFL since the super bowl era began that is pretty cool to be quite honest so let's just keep her coming let's keep them coming let's keep the playoff games coming and let's add the wins this time around let's get three wins and that's all it takes three and win number one has got to happen this weekend this upcoming weekend um the cold weather is going to return so by the time the saints are in town at the very least at least uh, the important part of this the week here it's going to be much colder and i hope they're just loving that cold and not that nasty, humid New Orleans uh, climate or whatever the heck the climate is at the moment. I don't think it's nearly as humid as it is normally. But uh, it's going to be fun to watch Case Keenum go against a guy he idolized. Don't get nervous. Just kick his butt. That's all. Just kick his butt, Case. Please don't get nervous at all. Just say, well, it's time to beat this guy. I don't care if he's an idol or not. He ain't no idol now. He's your he's your arch enemy, at least for this week. Knock him down, baby. Knock him down. <laughs> that's, about, that's about it. So thanks again. Uh, please tell your friends about the show if you could. There's the phone lines 209-736-7877. 209-736-7877. It is a voicemail Do treat it as such. Mention you're calling into the Purple Mafia Show and Opine. Uh, gotta go back track again one more time. The Facebook page actually is uh, Facebook.com forward slash purple mafia show. Gonna give a quick shout out to MN Vikings Haven. That's also a Facebook page. Please go there and click like. Uh, the founder of that page, Trevor Wicker and kind enough to allow me to post links to the Purple Mafia show on that page so I can, I am more than obliged to uh, at least give him a shout out on this show listen to encourage you good amount of listeners to go check that page out and a lot of you have joined it so it's definitely not like I'm just spamming their Facebook page, there's people going over there like I, I mean, I've mean, i seen Dave Hickey there and others, Sebastian there, so it's not, it's not, <laughs> it's not unlikely that there aren't it's not, I mean there are people going there so it's not like it's just a one-sided deal. So thanks again very much. Um, appreciate you very much there for that, uh, Trevor Wickerin. Uh, one other way to get to that phone line is simply the call now button on the on the Purple Mafia page. Simply click on that; it goes right through to the same phone line through Facebook Messenger. So it is free through through that, no matter where you're from in the United or the United States or the planet, to be quite honest, or the International Space Station or wherever you might have Wi-Fi, <laughs> wherever that might be. And the final route is the audio submission route, which Matt Martin uses. Use the uh, free recording application on your smart device, whatever that is. Treat it like a phone call. Send it in to PalladinoLive at Yahoo.com. PalladinoLive at Yahoo.com. Same thing, maybe Mad Martin might even be using a microphone in Audacity or something like that. Audacity is a obviously a free uh, program on your computer. You just download that, put it in. or a free application, whatever, on your computer. And, yeah, you just uh, save it and send it to me. And I convert it into an MP3 file and boom, it's ready to roll. So again, thanks in advance for that. All the information mentioned will be in the show description. Please do, uh, those of you out there that haven't yet, if you could, please, pour favor, please, <laughs> see you play, uh, write a positive rating for Purple Mafia on iTunes if you could. iTunes or Stitcher would be greatly appreciated. I will guarantee you a star of some sorts. So, gosh, I didn't even pass out all the stars. See, I'm just crazy right now. I'm in... Uh, MN, uk minnesota vikings is a gold star silver star mark carlson bronze star for this episode is going to go to i'm going to give it to mad martin and anthony carlson thanks again guys for joining on board you guys are great uh actually i'll have uh, mark carlson and Gerald String share of the silver. Uh, thanks again for that fried turkey recipe and all that. Very cool, very interesting. So he will share that. Uh, thanks again, guys, for your inclusion with the show. Hope to hear from you some more next week. It's going to be very fascinating, very fun. I'm surprised I even made this that long, but I suppose when there's all those games to talk about, and I had a lot to say about all of them, even the less important ones and the less interesting ones. So I'll stop rambling now. I'll let you get on with your Monday or Tuesday or whatever it is. And Skull Vikings, let's crush those saints. Let's beat the saints.